1: Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Akiva, how are you today?
2: Oh, I'm so good. I've been waiting with bated breath, like all the fans, uh, to finish this coach ranking.
1: Yeah, well, last week we uh, discussed the uh, the coaches ranked 32 to 17. And so this week we're going to discuss coaches 16 to 1, the top half. And uh, we'll start with number 16. And I got to say, we're pretty lucky that the Colts beat the Broncos on Sunday, because had they lost, there was a very strong chance that Chuck Pagano would have lost his job. And then we would have looked silly having Pagano as a uh, above average NFL head coach in 2015.
2: Yeah. And it's worth mentioning that two of our fire immediately coaches were fired after we made this list. So we're really we're having an impact.
1: Yeah, we are. Uh, I think that's true. I think that uh, NFL front offices are listening to this podcast and they're taking cues. But uh, let's talk about Pagano for a second. He's a guy who coming into the year, you and I both definitely liked him, and we were both definitely on the side of all the Colts' problems. And you especially, you know, I, I thought that Luck was a bit overrated. You thought the team after Luck was a mediocre team, but we really blamed it all on Gregson. We said Gregson is an incompetent, uh, you know, GM. But Pagano's a good coach, and he's certainly a nice guy, and everybody likes him. Uh, the, the, sort of the, the national perspective on Pagano has really shifted, uh, in the first couple of months of this season, where a lot of people are thinking, well, maybe he's part of the problem also, and he, he makes bad decisions, and, you know, he's supposed to be a defensive guy, and the defense is in shambles, uh, and the offense isn't any good either, and maybe he deserves to lose his job as well as Grigson. You know, he was certainly, he seemed to be throwing not only, uh, his front office, but his players, uh, under the bus on several occasions. Um, so I actually lowered him a little bit, but I still had him somewhat decently in my rankings. I had him at number. Uh, I had him at number nineteen, but you had him at twelve. And he's going to keep his job now, probably for the rest of the season. But do you think he's still a good coach, or, or do you think he's sort of, uh, you know, mediocre? Yeah, I
2: point? mean, he's. Listen, if we thought he was good two months ago, then I don't know what makes him a bad coach now. You know, well, I think
1: it's, I think it's that we have a somewhat limited perspective on how how much of an impact a coach has versus you know for the Colts. Maybe the reason they did well the last couple of years was because of their great quarterback and their easy schedule.
2: Okay, but they're a te- listen, the Chargers are 2 and 7 and they have a good quarterback. Like not every team with a good quarterback automatically goes 11 and 5 every year and that's what Pagano's done every single year he's been on the Colts. They've gone 11 and 5 three straight times. And then obviously they'd have to go no to do that a fourth time.
1: Yeah, and I think the first year we have to give credit to uh, to Bruce Arians. Right. Know, that, I don't that, know. That, he, that was, I
2: mean, I don't know if those wins count as his. Um I th- I think he, I think officially they are. Officially, the they're coach. Paganos, yeah. but practically
1: speaking, I think I think Arians, especially what he's done in Arizona, he's shown that he he is a sure. league coach.
2: Sure, but listen, he's you know he he's certainly you know shown that he's a competent coach. He he's definitely going to get another job in the league if he gets fired at the end of the season, which seems very likely. I think that we're just you know we're we're a lot of Johnny Come Latelys who think that like oh they're struggling this year. Any coach in the league like Belichick wouldn't be you know more than five and three with this team. It's not a good team. And Luck is injured, and, you know, I, I'm much higher in Luck than you are, but whatever you have to say, like, he hasn't been himself this season, you know, so if you don't have Luck, you have nothing on this team. You, you know, the 8,000-year-old offensive players, you know, Gore and Johnson and all those guys, Ahmad Bradshaw, like, guys that are finding off the scrap heap, you know, that's that, those are the f- missing pieces maybe for, like, you know, playing a few snaps a game for a championship team they you know, these, th- those are the guys they're relying on to like win them games now. They're, they're not playing with anybody. I, their team stakes. I, I don't blame Pagano at all.
1: Well, so you think that he's definitely gone at the end of the year? We know that they're definitely. I mean, going if they, to win- if he wins the division, well, okay, they're definitely going to win that division. four or
2: five playoff game. Yeah. Uh, don't say definitely.
1: All right, Akiva, we are cutting in from our previously recorded podcast. Uh, we were talking about Chuck Pagano and the Colts, and uh, we ran through their schedule and predicted they would end up eight and eight. And that was before we discovered the news that Andrew Luck is out for two to six weeks with a lacerated kidney and abdominal tear.
2: Didn't I Didn't I say when we were talking about Luck, like, what if he gets injured again? Yeah,
1: and it's funny because
2: Luck was just traded to a
1: superfan, Robbie, actually, in our fantasy football league. And I asked the guy who did it why he did it. He traded him for Marcus Mariota, and he said, oh, I want to get rid of Luck before he gets injured. And I thought, well, that was kind of dumb, but not so dumb, I guess.
2: Maybe All he right. had inside info, and it's really mean, and like, he should be kicked out of your league.
1: Yeah. All right. So so now we gotta re- redo that prediction. Four and five. We said they lose to the Falcons. Four and six. Right.
2: Yeah. You you ha- you had them. I don't know. Peter uh, King said they're the best backup in. He's the best backup in the league.
1: Who Hasselback?
2: Yeah. Tampa Bay. I still
1: think they're gonna win, but it's a close game. That would be five and six. They're gonna lose at Pittsburgh. That's five and seven. They still have Jacksonville, Houston, Tennessee. They still have three divisional games, and they already won two of those with Hasselback. So I don't know. Maybe they go seven and nine now. Maybe they go six and ten. Do we see a six and ten division winner? Is that a possibility?
2: We almost had it with the NFC West a few years ago. Yeah, we no, seven. No, I don't. Nine. I don't think we see a six and ten division winner. So I think someone gets the seven there. Is it the Colts though? Yeah, I think the Colts probably still get the seven or eight. Eight? Oh, still eight. Oh, so you don't even think that losing him is a big loss? Well, not when he's playing the way he's playing. I think Hasselbeck is decent enough to make them solid favorites against the AFC South teams and any other bad team they play.
1: Yeah, well, the AFC South teams, you know, they're playing at Jacksonville. I, I don't know if with Hasselbeck if uh, if they'd be favored in Jacksonville. Now, but that's mid-December, so he might be back by then. They said two to six weeks. That's a yeah, wide that's, range. It's a
2: wide range, especially since they have a bye this week, right? So
1: Yeah, so let's put on hold uh, discussing the Colts and Luck, uh, his injury too much, until we, you know, after Thanksgiving, hopefully we'll get a better idea of what his uh, timeline is.
2: I mean, what was it, like a lacerated kidney or something? That sounds serious. Yeah, I think that's what uh, Keenan Allen had. Our- I feel like the blood of his kidney is on Ryan Grigson, who doesn't get him people who can block. Like, when was the last time, you know, Brady tore his ACL on a fluke accident? But he's never hurt. When was the last time, you know, uh, that Brady lacerated his kidney? Peyton well, Manning look, as lacerated a, his as, kidney.
1: As a Keenan Allen fantasy owner, I want to know why Keenan Allen lacerates his kidney. He's gone for the year. Andrew Luck lacerates his kidney and he can come back. Yeah, it's a good question. Also, don't these guys have second kidneys? It's not the whole point of like, yeah, kidney Why don't donors? you
2: just get rid of – if you were a real man, you'd get rid of your kidney. That's well, maybe that's what
1: Luck's doing. Maybe he's taking it out and it's like two weeks of recovery.
2: Can you – but like if you have a lacerated kidney, could they take it out? stitch it up and then like give it to someone and then not only are you fine but you can you know you're also doing like a good deed in the process you're giving someone yeah. your kidney
1: well why would anybody want your lacerated kidney don't they want well they're
2: stitching it up and second of all andrew luck is like a super athlete like he's so lacerated, lacerated kidney is better, is better than better your than piece of crap kidney yeah. no question
1: <laughs> yeah uh, we need to bring in our uh, our, our medical uh, consultant for this one
2: who's the medical consultant
1: on your other podcast
2: uh well your wife is one of them oh it's my wife (laughs) and no i thomas from australia Oh, thomas from australia uh you think
1: he's a big nfl fan that's a good question i don't know all right thomas if you're listening get back to us on uh what to do when you have a lacerated kidney
2: i have to like make a chart we have so many correspondents on this show we already got we got like a we got a bunch more i really have to like make a spreadsheet
1: yeah oh speaking of that other podcast yeah uh this is the big week marine biologist when you started this podcast a couple years ago, you said to me, oh, you know, you said, what's your favorite episode of Soundfall? I the Marine Biologist. You said, all right, if we, when we get to that episode, you're going to come on as a guest. Now you're trying to back out.
2: No, I'm not trying. I backed out. Well, what do you mean, back you out? You could do it's another official? one. You could, oh, I mean, you're not, you're not doing the podcast tomorrow. That's official. Why? Well, it's, first of all, it's the Marine Biologist. I feel like, why are we bringing in a random guest? We should bring you in for like a bad episode. <gasps> as like a pitch second because of all I said it was no because episode. we're also Ro- like rob's wife could go into labor any minute at this point i don't want to like stress him out with something with another guest i don't think it's
1: really that much stress i think you should at least ask give him the chance to say i'm that not one. even gonna ask but does rob listen to our podcast because if he does he's gonna hear this and then he's gonna say to you hey akiva why'd you say alex couldn't be on the podcast Why no you, he's uh, gonna
2: be like good call he's good call not having chester
1: no, you're being you're being an Indian. Um, um, you know, a person who uh, gives a gift and then um takes back a gift. Yeah. I'm not familiar with the term. I don't
2: know I'm I'm giving the gift. I, I'm I'll let you on in some point in season six, just not right now. No, but that's a specific. You
1: already gave me a gift, and I take it back, and you're gonna say you're gonna give me another. gift. What about the Chinese so. woman? Do You like
2: the Jimmy? That's probably my favorite in in season six
1: uh yeah the jimmy is great okay, big salad on, you like a big salad what is it just a salad with more stuff in it
2: salad with more what about uh what about the couch the oil the couch episode i mean i i do
1: like poppy and i i do have strong opinions about abortion uh, by the way even in, in the oh, couch yeah, that's what i want <laughs> <Boy, you're laughs> i'm joking about uh, that but you know what ca- forget
2: it you could do highlights of 100
1: hold on <laughs> in the couch and this drives me nuts wait, wait this, no are we sense... posting
2: this i i prefer not to are we posting this? <laughs> I'm gonna to have to edit it all the time. Okay. I mean, I can leave some of
1: it. Maybe I don't know. In the couch, yeah. When Elaine tosses overhand a glass bottle of grape juice, it makes no sense whatsoever. No sense. Nobody would do that, let alone Elaine.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. A-
1: and on this issue, there can be no debate. Hello. All
2: right, I'm, I'm not sure but which that, episode in season a, six, but
1: hello, hello is a classic episode. Also, actually, all right. Do so you want
2: to do the kiss hello? We could do the kiss hello.
1: No, no, no. I was talking about. I was talking about. No, in season nine. Oh, Shmoopi. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Smoopy yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: No, no, no. I, I, you promised me season five.
2: You're not getting season five at this point. <laughs> you want the wife? Right. You want the one with? Uh, oh, with the Cox? Wasn't that the de- That's the debut of season six,
1: or so? no? That's the finale of season five, right? No, no, know?
2: it's not a finale. It's in like two weeks. You want Courtney Cox?
1: Oh, Courtney Cox with the laundry. Oh no, I, I thought you meant when George is dating the girl who looks just like Jerry, and then they both, and then Jerry's going to get married to Janine Garofalo
2: no yeah that's that, that's a season finale yeah yeah that's not for um, a long time that's season finale right. season seven
1: all right so uh let's actually before we get to this week's games i, I need to go on a little bit of a rant here uh we were going to record the podcast yesterday and just as we were about to begin the a headline popped up on espn.com and the headline was griffey hoffman among newcomers on hall of fame ballot um uh, you and i are both uh you know big uh, hall of fame guys uh in baseball especially but but uh, you know really in every sport and a couple of years ago you gave me the idea i went ahead and of course you can do this because you know five years in advance who's going to be on the ballot i went ahead and made my ballot for every single year up until 2018 which is the year at which you know uh, i could make a ballot at that point uh, now i guess i could make one for 2019 as well but i haven't done that yet and um as I'm, as I'm sure you, you, can imagine, this headline really annoyed me that, that, that they, that they headline this year's class with Griffey, of course, who's deserved, but then Hoffman is number two. But then, and this is where things get really bad. I clicked on the link on ESPN and it's, it's, I'm not blaming ESPN. It's an Associated Press article. And, and here's the first paragraph. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr., Trevor Hoffman are among 15 newcomers, dot, dot, dot. David Eckstein, Troy Glauss, Mike Hampton, Mike Lowell, and Billy Wagner are also among the first time players. Right, it's,
2: eligible. it's a, it's a career. Achievement. If you're in the league for ten years and you weren't horrible, they let you on the ballot. I, I don't. Wait, wait, no,
1: know. no, no, no. Hold on. You don't. know You don't. Okay. So then you don't understand why I'm so pissed off here. The reason I'm so pissed off is it's bad. And this year's class has, in my opinion, two no doubt gotta be in their hall of famers. And one of them is not Hoffman. So I'm annoyed that the other one is not in the headline. But Who, then to make you're talking worse, about,
2: you're talking about our beloved, my beloved Mike Piazza.
1: No, no, Mike Piazza. No, no, Mike. P- I'm talking about the newcomers. Oh, who's Piazza, the second newcomer? Yeah. Pia- well, that's what I'm going to get to in a second. Not only do they not mention him in the headline, but then in the next paragraph, they start with David fucking Eckstein, <laughs> as well as a bunch of other scrubs, and they still don't mention Jim Edmonds.
2: Yeah. Edmonds, Edmonds is going to get maximum 18% this season. This
1: Jim year. Edmonds is not going to be in the Hall of Fame.
2: No, he's not going to come the, close.
1: Because so much of his value was his elite, elite defense. Yeah. And unfortunately, no, Hall of Fame
2: doesn't doesn't really account for that. Exactly.
1: And again, it's always ironic to me that the people who claim that they care about playing small ball. It's ironic that you're
2: saying it's ironic when Alanis Moore said it's doing a huge media tour. Uh, I'm not
1: on top of Alanis Moore said. But you know, David Eckstein obviously is a joke, and it's insulting that he's even mentioned here. Um, although, look, there are worse guys on the ballot this year: Christian Guzmán, Brad Ausmus, Benji Molina, Bob Howry, Damaso Marte. Yeah, I'm not going to keep that. Uh, Russ Springer. He, I have Russ Springer dead last on this year's ballot, forty third. Uh, listen on my to the
2: war. Listen to the war of Edmonds. Five point yeah. six, five three point six, four point seven. One here got hurt the whole year. Then six three five eight six seven six zero seven two four four.
1: So the way that we can do that – He had
2: an 11-year prime, but he missed one of those years due to injury.
1: Yeah. So you know his career war is 60, which – and actually, let's compare his numbers to Piazza because his numbers are almost identical with Piazza's. Uh, their career war is exactly the same. Uh, Piazza's at 59, Emmons is at 60. Their war is seven, which means – Yeah, but like first best- of all, oh,
2: okay, Cat- but war is a cumulative stat. Catchers aren't supposed to accumulate numbers because their careers end so fast.
1: So yeah, nice. I, I, I know. But th- look, there's a difference. Pia- well, first of all, they're both at defensive positions. Piazza was yeah, terrible. one doesn't
2: th- take years off your career.
1: Yeah, but Edmonds also was one of the best defensive sure. players in the game. And Piazza was a terrible defensive player, but still yeah. had significant value because he was at a defensive position. But I'm saying just looking at the numbers for a second, just because I thought it was illustrative how similar they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so their, their their war is almost identical. Their war seven, which means take the best seven years of their career. Their prime, as it were, also identical. They're both at 43 their jaws, and Jaws is a number that was that was come up with where basically it's a combination do, do, of do, longevity do, 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 and peak.
2: Do, 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 do. Yeah, go.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, It's basically longevity and peak. And it, it was it was a number that was put together that basically analyzes sort of the, the, the best way to look at a Hall of Famer if because some people prefer peak and some people prefer longevity. So so Jaws combines the two and their Jaws, again, identical. Piazza's at 51.1, Jim Emmons is at 51.4. Um, and then and so, so, so those are sort of like, you know, the advanced stats, they're very, very similar. And when we look at their traditional stats, they both played within a hundred games of each other within 50 at bats of each other. And their numbers are very similar. Um, you know, within 20 home runs, uh, you know, all the numbers are very similar. They're, they're uh, on base percentage, 377 versus 376 identical. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're, OPS again within 15 points of each other. So these are guys who put up basically identical numbers over their careers and, again, one of them was an eight-time goal glover at center field, a, de- uh, a defensive position. The other was at even the most premium position defensively on the field. And so, um, you know, Jim Edmonds, to me, is is a definite Hall of Famer.
2: Okay.
1: And and if you're going to say that he's not, fine. But to not even mention him in a paragraph in which you have Eckstein and Troy Glaus and right, I mean, he, that, he, that, he, that. Listen,
2: you're trying to get those clicks. Jim Edmonds doesn't bring in a single click. <sighs> Troy Glauss Yeah, what, I'll what, say – I'll make a prediction. Uh, Griffey's obviously getting in this year. Piazza's obviously getting in this year. Um. And then Bagwell is going to come super close because there's really, you know, people like to, you know, the the smart fans have been the smart writers have been writing 10 names. And now that a lot of the uh, logjam is cleared, I think Bagwell gets really close. if He doesn't get in uh, Reigns. Uh, Reigns is really going to uh, get close, but not close enough. He's never he's not going to get in last year's next year. And then after that, you know, Schilling is probably going to no, be no, stuck no, in no, rain, the Rains
1: has six years. Rains has six years left.
2: No, no, it's ten. They to, they moved it from fifteen to ten this year. Oh yeah, yeah, that's correct. So okay. he's done. He's done because he's not going to be able. There, there's too many people who will never vote for him. Well, uh, but we, and then, I but Hoffman's going to get close. I'm not 100% sure Hoffman will get in. But if he doesn't, he's going to get incredibly close. He might get in his first ballot. All right.
1: So I, I agreed with you in the first part. I have Griffey and Piazza's definites this year. I have Bagwell is is on the borderline. I could see him going either way if he doesn't he'll get He'll probably do year. what
2: Piazza – he had 55, which is about what Piazza had last year. So he'll probably jump from 55 to like 68, 70.
1: Yeah, I think he'll be even closer. I think Bagwell's going to be in the 70s. So I think he's going to be really close. And if he misses, he'll definitely make it next year, of course. Uh, all right. But let's wrap this baseball talk up. Sure. So, what, what I was—I'm surprised say you is,
2: didn't talk about the Timberwolves almost blowing a four thousand point lead last night.
1: Yeah, the, the, uh, I watched that entire game. That was a tremendous. Well, let's get to. Let me just finish. What my would you have done? Around. What
2: would you have done if the Timberwolves had blown that game? Never. Well, if, I, would you have ever watch sports again? Well, for the, for those who aren't keeping up to date on the Timberwolves,
1: they were in Atlanta. Atlanta, you know, on a seven game winning streak, the best team in the Eastern Conference oh, at home, and the Wolves had a thirty four point lead. Uh, the biggest blown lead in NBA history is thirty six. Uh, so this would have been the third biggest, I think. And Atlanta came all the way back, took the lead in the last two minutes, and then the Wolves scored eleven straight points to end the game, and they won. And it was really uh, quite an impressive. Hold on, I think
2: there's a phone call from the eighteen hundreds on your phone line.
1: Yeah the the previous game they played in Chicago, another Eastern Conference playoff, uh, you know, team. And they shut the, they shut the Bulls out 9 nothing in overtime. I had never heard of an overtime shutout before. And now this game, they end on an 11-0 run. And it's exciting. Wiggins just dominated. He scored the last seven points. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns had three blocks in the last 37 seconds of the game. Those two are, are just very, very exciting to watch. All right, but to come back to my, uh, we we were distracted from football with baseball, and then distracted from baseball with basketball. The the other thing I just want to bring up here, you said that you think Trevor Hoffman's going to come very close. So this year on my ballot, I have nine guys who absolutely no doubt deserve to be in, and then I have ten guys in category two, which are guys that I could see going either way. You know, I might not vote for them but but you know, I can see an argument for them. In the past couple of years, the reason I wouldn't have voted for them is just cuz as you said there was such a logjam and you're capped at 10 votes. But this year I only have 9 of the definites. So I'm not sure which of the 10 I'd vote for. But dead last on that list, uh, which is, means number 19 overall is where I have Trevor Hoffman. Uh, I don't think Trevor Hoffman should be in the Hall of Fame. I know that he eventually will be, but I want to compare him to another guy on the ballot. Not the not eventually.
2: Year. He probably will be this year and if not for sure next year
1: all right well so let's compare him to another guy on this list who i think is better than him and deserves to be in the hall of fame ahead of him and probably will never make the hall of fame and that's billy wagner Ooh. uh who who was your beloved met for a few
2: years uh no he was he was on the mets uh, he wasn't beloved well he was very good for the mets yeah I, I, on, no.
1: on, on on when the mets were a very good team
2: yeah we never really uh embraced billy
1: all right so you know the, their numbers, uh, Wagner and Hoff and Hoffman are identical. Their war identical. Their War Seven identical. Their Jaws identical. I mean, literally, these numbers are identical. Um, you know, Hoffman obviously has six hundred saves, and and Wagner has four hundred, which is why Hoffman's going to be in the Hall of Fame and Wagner's not. Oh, uh, well,
2: Wagner's what, uh, he he's uh, he allowed thirteen runs in eleven two third playoff innings. Billy Wagner.
1: Okay, so you're saying so he was bad in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Hoffman wasn't good in the playoffs either, though, was he?
2: Yeah, same numbers as the rest of his career.
1: So Hoffman, you know, played a little bit longer than Wagner. But even though Hoffman, you know, Hoffman pitched about uh, almost 200 more innings, Wagner had more strikeouts. And Wagner, here's the thing: Wagner had a much lower ERA, more than half a run lower, a much lower WHIP. Uh, even though Hoffman is the one who pitched in a in a pitcher's park for most of his career versus uh, versus Wagner, who pitched in hitters' parks actually uh, in Houston mostly, then and and that's why when we look at their xFIP, for example, there's a dramatic difference. Wagner's xFIP is 276, Hoffman's xFIP is 378, over a run better. They both made seven All Star games, so it's not like you know Wagner was ignored during his career. But there is not a single point during their career when you would ra- rather have had Hoffman than Wagner. Every single year, Wagner was a better player than Hoffman, and it's because Hoffman was a, a closer for three or four extra seasons in, You know, instead of being a setup man. And so he got extra saves that he's going to be in the Hall of Fame and Billy Wagner's not, and I think that's unfair. Yeah. All right, fine. Last, last baseball one since we're on the topic. Uh, can we pour one out for Alan Trammell, 15th year on the ballot? He's, he, he's, he's a no-doubt should-be Hall of Famer. He's got over 70 ward and up the middle position. He was you know one of the best players in baseball in the 80s, and he's not going to make the Hall of Fame for some silly reason.
2: Uh, you could pour out whatever you want for Alan Trammell. What about your? What about the Twins making a big signing yesterday?
1: Uh, yeah, I I don't know what to say. I think I think I think the the reason for excitement is because the Pirates signed uh the, the Korean shortstop. What's his name again? Kim, I think. Yeah. Right, and and he he put up the similar sort of arcade numbers, uh, in the Korean league. That that
2: Park did Young who, Ho Kang, twins. Young Ho Kang,
1: yeah, and and and, th- and so he put up similar ridiculous comical numbers like eleven hundred ops, and then he came this year, but of course he's up the middle as opposed to first baseman, so he's a lot of defensive value, and then he had an ops over eight hundred this year in the National League, uh, which is very good. So it's un- it's unfair to co- to compare a Korean first baseman in two thousand fifteen to a Japanese shortstop in two thousand and eleven, but the the Twins have only made one previous for foray into the Asian market, and and it went so badly with Nishioka. That uh, Twins fans are, are are a little hesitant, and also first base and corner outfield is the Twins' least need. I mean, they 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 have way too many guys there. Mauer's at first, and uh, Sano was at DH.
2: Can't they frame and- Mauer for a murder?
1: Look, I'm not a Mauer hater. The, the guy suffered, you know, repeated concussions. And it destroyed his career. And it's sad because, you know, he, he was a, a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, through age 30. And now his career is done and he's not even going to make the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's going to have the cumulative numbers to get there.
2: Oh, no, he's but, not uh, making the Hall of Fame.
1: Well, I mean, it, it, his war is still like 45. So if you put together four or five decent years at first base. Well, he's not going to be. He,
2: first of all, he's not going to do that. Second yeah, Well, of all, that's the point. Yeah. I mean, he shouldn't even be on the field anymore.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very sad. Although I, th- I think his wins probability added was still uh, second on the team this year. He, uh, he hit very well with runners in scoring position. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so let's get back to football. We, we discussed our number 16 coach uh, who's on a bye this week. Let's get to our number 15 coach. And, you know, there's a lot of good games this week. Uh, none of them are at 1 p.m. The 1 p.m. games are a wasteland, but the 4 p.m. games and the Sunday nighter and the Thursday game are all very good, I think. And one of those 4 p.m. games has our 15th ranked coach, and that's Mike Zimmer of the 6-2 Minnesota Vikings.
2: Yeah, you know, I really liked watching the Vikings and Rams. That was really, you know, the, the death match between the team that i've been talking about all year on the podcast the rams and your favorite team uh the rams really acquitted themselves nicely but they're in such a bad spot in the nfc west now like they're gonna have to you know they're gonna have to beat seattle again they're gonna have to you know well, they gonna have to they get they very want, lucky they
1: want that, exactly. they want at arizona
2: right yeah right they have they, arizona again
1: yeah I, yeah uh, they're,
2: i'm they're not, not betting they're not. on them making the playoffs but uh, well, yeah you know we'll it's, talk about them Chicago, tough, in a yeah they're, they're gonna we're, the we're talking about the vikings first right um yes so well, yeah plug, this is a really this is a really good game because it's a team that's basically like the all offense team in the league right now versus the best defense right now so well, i
1: think the broncos are better defense than the vikings
2: but. yeah that's fair okay but and, and you know the patriots defense might even be better also honestly
1: but the, the Vikings defense has been very good.
2: Yeah, very good defense against a team that has been basically on stop on offense. Um but really has uh, a good front seven and no secondary. So I don't think you're going to be able to punish them if if is Teddy what are what are his chances of playing right now? 0? No, they say he's playing. Oh, so they say he's playing. So if Teddy's fine, I don't know. This is a good test for him because if he can't shred this defense, you know, I I'm going to start having more doubts about him. I don't know. He I know. I feel like we need to know more about about uh, Teddy Ballgame at this point. Like, wh- is he at a certain point? Is this all he is?
1: I mean, he's still twenty two years old, so I would say no. Um, you know, look at all the other young quarterbacks in the league. Uh, have we, at Luck, have Frank, there but, been a
2: lot of young quarterbacks who've been this bad in their second year? But he's and ended this, up being great. But what do you mean this bad? Like it, this it, mediocre? Well, well, again, a lot of QBs like Peyton Manning struggle in their first season.
1: He's better than Andrew
2: Luck this year you know well, Andrew again, Luck is in, is is playing on like you know one rib he's top he's top 10 in the league he's know. top 10 in the league in QBR right, he's wait, top let's five talk in about, the league he's top you, five in the league in right, accuracy can we stop talking about QBR okay he's top five Ryan Fitzpatrick you watch him play and he's literally human garbage and he's throwing to two great receivers and and his QBR is like second in the NFL right now
1: all right well but but you let's know cut Teddy's, cut not out QBR. To, Teddy's not throwing to great receivers He's running for his life. He's not he's throwing great, great receivers. Accuracy. I
2: don't know. That's the fun
1: is like the next Jerry Rice. Yeah, he's pretty good. But that's about all they have. Um, l- let's talk about Mike Zimmer as a coach for a second. And yeah. actually, let's take a step back and talk about Greg Williams. So Bounty Gate uh, nationally, I think, is seen as one of the first examples of Roger Goodell's idiocy and overreach. And he suspended a bunch of guys way too broadly. And Paul Tagliabue had to come in and rescue him and reverse a bunch of those suspensions. Um, Would well, you Minnesota- think Payton shouldn't have been suspended? Well, I'm just saying. Well, so I'm about to get to. It. In Minnesota, this is seen completely differently than the rest of the country. In Minnesota, the new the and and my dad openly said my dad says
2: and the you're Saints saying are because his, they knocked out Brett Favre.
1: Well, hold on. The Saints are my dad's most hated team, more hated than the Packers, more hated than the Bears. My dad despises the Saints. Um, and my and my dad is representative of the average Vikings fan in that. Your regard. dad didn't
2: happen to like hang a sign in Alabama this weekend, did he? <laughs>
1: No, but uh, okay. uh, I, yeah, no, don't uh, answer that. Yeah, okay, I, 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 I want to answer that. <laughs> Katrina was a tragedy and it affected us all in different ways. Um, but in Minnesota, Bounty Gate and the, and the New Orleans Saints of 2009 are seen as the greatest cheaters in the history of sport. Uh, to recap. Greg Williams had a specific bounty against Brett Favre in that game. They had multiple late hits against Brett Favre, but the most infuriating part—and the NFL does this from time to time—and you know, so do other sports. Where after the game they'll come out and announce the calls that went wrong. Yeah. The NFL announced after that game that on a, 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 on a Favre intercept. And remember, this is the game that the Vikings lost in overtime, even though they outgained the Saints by 300 yards because they had five turnovers. Uh, And uh, they had 12 men on the field when they were lining up for a game-winning field goal in regulation, and then Favre threw an interception on the next play, and of course they lost in overtime without ever touching the ball, which led the NFL to change their overtime rules. Brett Favre threw an interception in that game, took a late hit, which was uncalled, and the NFL said later in the week that that should have been a 15-yard penalty, and the Vikings should have got the ball back in automatic first down. So it's not just that Greg Williams... They would have been
2: able to kick a field goal at that point and win the game. They would have won the game,
1: yeah. Um, And and actually, because I was so depressed after the game, when I first heard that story, I didn't hear about it that when I heard about it was about six months later I was in my in-laws house in the summer watching the NFL Network and they had this show which was sort of like pop-up video for, for, for classic football games sure. so they show the game and do pop-ups and they did a pop-up after a hit after the hit on Favre and they said after the game the end or later you know a week after the game the NFL announced that this should have been and, and, and I hadn't I didn't realize that until that point and this is like six months later and the Saints are Super Bowl champions and I almost had a heart attack it was very upsetting but um. so the point is that Greg Williams who was suspended from the league uh, but now I was back in St. Louis. He really is persona non Greta uh, in Minnesota. And then in this week's game, they took multiple late hits on Teddy on the drive previous to the drive in which he left on a concussion. They had a third and long in which they went for Teddy's knees and it was incomplete pass. And the Vikings had to punt and that one was not called and the Vikings were completely apoplectic about that one uh and the announcer said that maybe he was outside the pocket And if he's outside the pocket he's a runner not a passer but you still know how to go over his knees that's clipping isn't it you know so i don't understand why that wasn't a penalty and then on the next drive there's the play we all saw where teddy had slid he had given himself up and the guy elbowed him in the head and whether on that specific play he was attempting to injure him or not we can't know
2: well he's friends with him so we're gonna say he was no no he's he's not friends with him teddy denied that okay are you serious? That, that was they, he, said they know, he said their
1: parents are friends. No, he said their parents know each other. They live in the same area. They play Teddy against came, each other first in high of all, school.
2: Teddy has a huge concussion, so he doesn't know who's his friend right now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, that, you can't defense, have it both
2: ways. Yeah, his
1: defense is that they were friends, uh, and, and that, is, that has been uh, – That is a very uh, Rams friendly perspective, let's say. But, but certainly the point is that Greg Williams encourages a team to play dirty and to play, you know, at the very least to play on the edge. And the NFL didn't even suspend the guy for that hit, which, which is shameful. He'll get a fine, but he, I mean, he should be suspended. Greg Williams should be strung up in the town square. And Mike Zimmer, to his credit, he knows enough about sort of the Vikings history with Greg Williams that even though he was obviously nowhere near the Vikings in 2009, in the post game press conference, he was going on and on. About how dirty Greg Williams is, and how, you know, if, you know, they should, if they, if they weren't at a game, they would have gotten to, to, into a fight. How, uh, and, and then he sort of, he really started subtweeting. He talked about how the Vikings are the classiest team in the league. They have the fewest uh, penalties on the season. Um, You know, just a couple of years post Expo, all of a sudden Vikings are on their high horse.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, so class, like, you're not classy yeah. by having the least penalties. You have to try harder. You shouldn't have yeah. the least penalties in the league. Well, usually
1: good defenses have a lot of penalties, you know, like Seattle, for example, Baltimore, they're very aggressive. So the fact that the Vikings' defense is this good with no penalties is pretty impressive. But the best part about this and the reason that Mike Zimmer is shooting at my coaching rankings is at the end of the game, he walked right past Jeff Fisher. And, uh, you know, that's what Minnesotans wanted to
2: see. But what I saw and everyone knows that Greg Williams is a monster. But what I saw on social and he media. he has a frosted,
1: did you see he has a frosted tip? Not I didn't notice tips. he has frosted tips. Not frosted
2: but, tips. But, uh, One frosted people tip. People in the league who don't like Jeff Fisher seem to, like, who aren't, like, you know, in Jeff Fisher's corner or whatever, seem to hate him. Like, he has a lot of haters out there, Jeff Fisher. Oh. Now, I didn't realize Ronnie, that.
1: Ronnie, Harrison, your former colleague on Sunday Night Football. I would say he, coworker. Yeah, he has a reputation for you know being a dirty player, and yet he just ripped into Jeff Fisher, and he said he wasn't blaming Gray Rose, he was blaming Jeff Fisher. He said Jeff Fisher's always been a dirty guy, and you know this is just classic Jeff Fisher behavior. Jeff Fisher likes to injure people, and he laughs when they get injured. I mean, he was really throwing Fisher under the bus on national TV in a way that you never see guys do.
2: How would he know that he was never he was never on a Fisher team? No, he got injured in a game on which
1: Jeff Fisher uh, Jeff Fisher was laughing and high fiving when Harrison was injured. Wow. That that's what Fish That's what Harrison.
2: To be fair, they were probably high fiving because they knew they weren't going to get injured by Rodney Harrison's head on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if Harrison is 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 the right one to complain about these things, but it is certainly Z- Zimmer as a coach. I, I have him moving up the ranks um, among among sort of the young unproven coaches. The only guy we have higher on this list is Quinn, and we might need to
2: revise that yeah, one. But I want but. I want to see I want to see Zimmer in a big game. But I, I'm I'm liking what I see so far. Seems like the players are behind.
1: And he did. I mean,
2: he did a great job of having the players back, even if he doesn't believe a word of what he said. It's important to you know, just like the you know the Missouri coach this week when Missouri was going to boycott. It doesn't matter what what he thinks. He just wants to play the game. He could care less, I'm sure. But you have to have your players back, or else you're going to lose them. You know, no matter what happens. Yeah. So good job by Zimmer.
1: And and whatever you think of Teddy, the gap between Teddy and Sean Hill is bigger than the gap between Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Sean Hill couldn't get anything done. That's ridiculous. Because you also have to remember that this is an offensive line that's in shambles. Teddy's been under pressure more than any quarterback in the league. And so he runs and creates time and creates Wait, play. Sean Hill left. is
2: faster than Teddy Bridgewater, though. No, he's not. What are you what? Sean Hill Sean is, Hill can't move. You mean because he's old? For whatever
1: reason, he can't move. I, I watched that game, and in the they they were completely helpless on offense once Bridgewater went out of the game. And uh-huh. St. Louis didn't even have that great of a pass rush, you know. I think Quinn was out of the game, but um,
2: you know, right. the numbers don't show. I thought Hill was a better runner than the numbers seemed to show that that he was. Though he did once he, have a forty-yard run. Uh, yeah, I thought he was pretty immobile, but I could be wrong.
1: Um, all right, so so that that's a, that's a big game we have at four o'clock.
2: Sean Hill and, at thirty-five, still quarterback of the league. Good for him well backup quarterback best gig in sports and and
1: then we have uh, a, a number 14 next on our coaches list uh, we're going to stay in that same division the AFC West and this is another actually we have the number 14 coach Gary Kubiak and the number 12
2: coach in Andy Reid playing in this game Casey at Denver yeah but w- is that a one in front of Andy Reid's number is that a three in front of his number
1: yeah I don't understand your hate for Andy Reid I had him at number
2: seven I, That's I, you know ridiculous and, and you you had him at number 18. Listen, lots of coaches went to the Super Bowl once, Chester. Half of them just, just got fired in the went last Went to the week. Super Bowl. He, He's, he why is he better than Winsen Hunter Caldwell? Because Philadelphia was
1: consistently good for years and years and years. They had an and amazing comes, team. Hold on. Hold on. And then he comes to Kansas City, and they immediately become a playoff team after sucking. Uh, like, they immediately become a playoff team. And, you know, 11-5 and five year after year. And this year, they're 3-5, and five and people have sort of forgotten about them. But they have like a plus thirty seven uh, scoring differential. The, the last time we saw them, they they won by five touchdowns. They only lost to the Broncos the first time because of a fluke play. I think this game at Denver is a real toss up. I'd certainly rather have
2: Reta. Yeah, like, I mean Denver's think... not good enough that oh I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're gonna blow anybody out.
1: The last week we said they're the second best team in the league. I mean we can't be flip flopping that much from week no, to because week.
2: They were winning. They were winning close games. I mean I, I'm not saying that Denver's not good. I'm just saying that. They their offense hasn't shown the ability to blow anybody out right now.
1: I mean, they blew out the Packers a week ago. I think that Reed, obviously, he has a huge flaw, which is clock management. But it's a it's a flaw for most coaches in the league. And I think he's so good at everything else he does. And his, his track record speaks for itself. And this is a big game, Casey, at Denver. If Casey wins, I think they're solidly back in that conversation for the AFC Wild Card. And, and again, they, they played neck and neck the first time. So I think this is going to be a good game. OK, I agree. It'll be a good game. All right. So that's our, our, our 14 coaches, Kubiak, our 12 coaches, Andy Reid, right between the number 13 is Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron. Talk about a guy whose reputation has improved over the years.
2: Yeah, I mean, be, their their team is winning, you know, I, I, he's winning with, you know, he's winning the same way the Colts are not winning. You know, they I, that's not really fair because their defense is actually good. But I mean, there's so many holes on this Panthers team that uh you know are you in the cam should be an mvp candidate uh bandwagon or no most definitely not well i mean obviously Absolutely brady not. should be the a unanimous mvp right now brady's playing yeah. brady's playing a different sport than everybody else
1: so here's the thing we tend to, and you know this is an, a, a constant frustration that i've expressed many times in the past we give too much credit to quarterbacks for their team's wins and losses and so because cam's team is eight now we say Did you oh see well,
2: the meme that had newton and kaepernick's numbers side by side and they're very similar
1: yeah. Well, I didn't need that meme because I have my, you know, my weekly updated Chester quarterback ratings. Oh, and I you can you see don't even
2: need a, need a meme. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but but uh, even after he had a fantastic game against the Packers, I have Cam as the 15th best quarterback in the NFL this year. One spot ahead of Marcus Mariota. Then that, that what I thought of in all this conversation about how he's an MVP, you know what I, I, I hearken back to? The 2003 MVP race. Do you remember the 2003 MVP race? Uh, no, tell me about it. 2003, we had Peyton Manning and Steve McNair, the late great Steve McNair, sharing an MVP. Uh, Peyton was clearly the best quarterback in football. Uh, statistically, he was clearly the best quarterback in football. But McNair led his team to the same 12-4 and record. And so he got a lot of credit there, even though his numbers weren't as good. Um, I actually had McNair on my fantasy team in 2003 and wrote him to a title. So he was pretty good. Uh, and he was like Cam in the fact that he didn't have as good passing numbers, but also he could use his legs quite a bit. So I thought that this was similar to that year. In And you know Brady should be the MVP, but Cam might sneak in to get consideration the same way that McNair did that year but then I went and actually looked at my 2003 Chester QBR rankings. oh my god yeah and you should 2000- call it something
2: other than QBR
1: well no I, I oh I, I just call it Chester really okay, let's fine. just call it the, okay the, 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 the Chester so the Chester as I said Peyton Manning was the best quarterback in the league his Chester was 94.3 mm-hmm. he had 29 touchdowns 10 interceptions you know great number over 4,000 yards this is in a different era but number two in the league by a huge margin. Was none other than Steve McNair. McNair actually led the NFL in quarterback rating. He had a twenty-four to seven touchdown interception ratio, and then he had another four touchdowns on the ground. His Chester, uh, you know, his Chester rating was was ninety-two point eight, which was just just behind Peyton, and nobody else, you know, was above ninety. Um, so his numbers actually were were closer to Peyton's than I realized. And he was by far the second best quarterback in the league that year. Okay, and so and so that's why I think it's actually a disservice to Steve McNair to compare this year to that year because that year. Peyton was clearly the best, but McNair was actually a pretty close second. Whereas this year, you know, Brady, Brady's at the top, obviously. Uh, and then after Brady, you know, we have Andy Dalton and Carson Palmer and Aaron Rodgers and, and even Derek Carr, frankly, uh, and a whole bunch of other quarterbacks before we get to Cam Newton. So who would, who would be
2: know. a runner up? Obviously, Brady's the MVP. Who would be your number two right now? It doesn't have to be a quarterback. Well, my number two quarterback is Andy Dalton. Uh, so he'd be the. Know. I mean, that team would be six and two with Sean Hill, a quarterback, though. So I, I don't know if he's the MVP.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you know, you know, who knows? Like the Patriots could be six and two with with Sean Hill at quarterback. Also, who knows?
2: No, I don't think so.
1: Brady's been very good. Look, they went eleven and five that one year, of course, with Matt Castle. Uh, It's it's hard to know to who you know to who who gets the credit. But and also, frankly, MVP in the NFL, and the reason I don't make charts for MVP in the NFL the way I do in baseball and basketball is because how do you compare, you know, position against position? We end up voting for quarterbacks just because quarterbacks the most valuable position in sports. Um, I, I really have a hard time knowing. So at least I'll say in my quarterback rankings, I have Dalton second, Palmer third, Aaron Rodgers fourth. Um, Dalton and Palmer obviously have a ton of weapons around them. But um, you know, so does Brady. Although his offensive line has has been banged up, and now he loses Dion Lewis, so we'll we'll see what Brady does going forward. But Brady's definitely the MVP at this point in the season. There's no question. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: that. not even worth discussing further. What's next?
1: Yeah. All right. So. Uh, so, yeah, so, so we have Carolina. We have Ron Rivera as as the number 13 coach in the league. Although, again, I'll point out he's another guy who I had much higher than you, but, um, that our cumulative ranking is 13. 12, as we said, is Andy Reid because of the big disparity between us. So now let's get to 11. 11 on our list is Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly is a guy who you had way higher than I did. Um, you know, people are very polarized on Chip Kelly, obviously.
2: Um, yeah, I just feel like I need to see a little bit more for good or bad from Chip Kelly because he, he really, I think we're learning now. Between
1: he had Vic who got injured and then he went to Foles, right? Vic Foles. Then he had Foles who got injured. Sanchez and, he went to and Sanchez. Bradford.
2: I mean, he's never then, had like a top twenty-five quarterback, so I'm not ready to kill him.
1: Was Foles good or not? It look like it at Foles. Good. I mean, you
2: you 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 g-chatted me on Sunday and said something like Foles is like the worst quarterback you've ever seen.
1: Well, that the Rams' off Well, no, what I said is that the Rams have, and the reason that I think talk of the Rams as the playoff team is a bit short-sighted is because the Rams have the worst offense in the NFC. Uh, their offense is basically give it to Gurley. Give it to Gurley. Give it to Gurley. End around to Tavon Austin. Give it to Gurley. Give it to Gurley. And around to Tavon Austin. a
2: drop by Jared Cook or Tavon yeah. Austin.
1: All right, okay, and, and then and then a play play action. You know, and they throw it to Jared Cook who drops it. But Nick Foles is very bad. So look, maybe maybe Chip Kelly hasn't had a quarterback, but Chip Kelly's also handpicked his quarterback,
2: right? Yeah, but you know? he's handpicked. That's like that's like you telling your son that he handpicked his Christmas no, no, present. No, 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 no. But you got it from the dollar store. And it's like, yeah, I I picked the broken toy car. Because the other option was the broken doll.
1: He could have tried to make the move to get Mariota. He chose not to. He gave up a boatload, including a second round. He gave up a second round draft pick and Foles, who had you know people thought highly of in the league. Okay, that's not his coaching Bradford.
2: acumen, though. That's that's a GM move. Remember, Sam Bradford's the same guy
1: who. Well, no, but it's bec- it, okay. Fine. Well, then combined as a you coach, could fire and I,
2: him as a general manager and the coach. That doesn't mean he's a bad coach because he wanted this quarterback. The quarterback isn't good. That's not he. Ha- he, he handpicked the guy, and then the guy put up. Okay, but know, he's not. But he first of all, he handpicked him over Ryan Fitzpatrick and gus ferratt like the, he and, didn't well, have no I mean, options. well but, but then he but then he put up arcade numbers in the preseason and everybody you know we had
1: shamir Sidman on here our eagles guest who guaranteed i spent the eagles
2: 33 on nelson aguilar
1: in my in my draft wait do you remember when shamir guaranteed 500 points for the eagles this year
2: i thought well, he meant like over the next two seasons they would score 500 points
1: yeah well at the half or maybe there'd be
2: 500 points in their games
1: at the halfway mark they don't even have 200 so uh, they're on pace for, you know, well under 400.
2: Leaving it so, late, as the British soccer announcer would say.
1: Yeah. Bradford also comically turned down an extension uh, right before the season started because after his you know, dynamite numbers in the preseason, he said, oh, I'm too good for this crappy extension. Uh, good job, Bradford. Is he a pre-agent after this year? Yeah, he's, and he's, he's going to be a backup somewhere. He stinks. Um, yeah. And, Tri- and Chip Kelly might not be in the NFL, but, but, you know, this week they're playing Miami.
2: No, I think they give him one more year. I think it would be crazy not to give him another year. The problem is they keep winning and they're not going to get a quarterback again.
1: It's between them and, and the Giants for that division. And the Cowboys, you know, they, they, they just have lost. They just needed done. to
2: win one of these games. Really, I guess two because they, this week also.
1: Yeah. And they were close every time, but but they didn't get enough done. Let's, uh, let's move on in our coach rankings. Uh, number, number 10, we're in the top 10. And we have, uh, John Fox. Uh, John Fox with a big win last night at San Diego.
2: Yeah. That, I mean, I really didn't think Chicago was going to win that game. I mean, now it looks like you look at the charts, like okay, they're two and seven; they're awful. But I kind of don't know where that came from.
1: Yeah, they've been close. Other than, frankly, other than the Vikings game where they got destroyed, they've been close in every game. They were close at Green Bay. You know, they played Cincinnati reasonably close. Uh, you know, they're sort of like the Ravens this year. They just keep losing heartbreakers. Yeah, and they have no, they have no receivers
2: left. I mean, if you look at the so, you know, we we talked about how hard the Bears schedule was going to be coming into the season. You know, you lose. They lost a close game to Green Bay and then got annihilated by Arizona and Seattle. But since then, the results, you know, could stack up with, you know, anyone outside the top five in the league beating Oakland, winning in KC, who you think is decent, losing an overtime game in Detroit, losing uh, by a field goal to the Vikings and and winning in San Diego. Uh, so can they can they win at Saint Louis this week? They can play, they can move the ball well enough, and I, I like what I saw at Langford. Like they could play well enough to keep it close with Saint Louis, but they're worse than Saint Louis. I don't think they're going to win, and they're not. Uh, I mean, their season's over even at three and five because even if they win this game, they have to play Denver and Green Bay uh oh yeah they're not making the playoffs but, yeah
1: but they are as mike Tarico mentioned repeatedly last night they're a rebuilding team i don't think they're trying to make the playoffs right away well
2: everyone's trying to make yeah the playoff, well what, what i'm saying is i don't know fox isn't there's Look, not gonna they, be they were, tra- they were on- trading
1: guys they were trading guys away a couple weeks ago until this little totally win- totally yeah uh yeah i mean uh,
2: fox is a good coach and he deserves to you know be right where he is by the way we forgot to uh
1: pick winners in the games we discussed already so minnesota at oakland what do you see happening in that
2: game? uh i'm gonna pick oakland
1: yeah uh, you know it's fair. Uh, I, I'm going to pick the Vikings. Just because. I don't
2: think you're ready for just how good this offense is. Uh, you know, The car the Vi- is just playing so well, and a good offensive line almost always beats a good defensive line, and they have an amazing offensive line, so I don't think you're going to be able to get the car enough.
1: No, yeah, I think I think it'll be a close game. I, I you know, I mean, I you're going to be able to
2: move the ball on them. Like, I'm not yeah, saying that. You know, I
1: think the I think the Vikings are going to win this game, and then after that, I I think they're going to, you know, they'll get to seven and two, and then I think they're going to lose at home to the Packers and start a little losing streak, unfortunately. Um, and I still think they're on the threshold of the playoffs just because their schedule gets really tough. But, but I, I, you know, I said at a minimum they needed to be six and three before the Packers game, and ideally seven and two, and they've done that. But let's see if they can get one more there. Uh, Casey at Denver, as I said, I think it's going to be close. But obviously, uh, we're both picking Denver. Are you, I'm right?
2: kind of liking this case. I'm I'm not going to pick it but now I'm sort of like ooh I'm going to pick Denver really low on my confidence pool. Uh
1: Carolina at Tennessee, we both have Carolina, Carolina I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Miami at Philly. I'm going to take Philly Oh, I should say
2: about Tennessee like Mariota might be really good. Yeah. Well, he's had a couple good games. He's
1: you know, it's hard to say because they look so bad under Wizenhunt. And then all of a sudden they get a uh, Mike Malarkey shows up and, and they get a bump, but new Orleans stinks and we'll get to new Orleans. So Miami at Philly though. And, and I thought this one was a toss. I, I thought Philly'd be favored by three and a half. And I was way off. You won this one. They're favored by six and a half. Uh, so you have Philly winning at home.
2: I assume. I think Miami's got definitely going to play hard under Campbell. I, I just don't know. There's just something missing and it's not, you look position by position and it's, they don't look like they're really missing anything. You know, other than the offensive line is disappointed, but... Uh, well,
1: Tannehill's definitely taken a step back.
2: Yeah, he, uh, Tannehill's taking a step back partially because the offensive line's been bad. Well, they've, they've lost a wake. And they, they lost a the wake, yeah, line. so I'll pick yeah. the Eagles.
1: Yeah, um, and by the way, I need to mention uh, Akiba with a with a big uh, come-from-behind win this week. I would say a controversial
2: in- win in our spread picking. Well,
1: well, you uh, you know, you got you got both the Sunday nighter and the Monday nighter to to take a lead on me nine to eight, and you won the week, uh, your second win of the year. So, uh, congrats on that. Uh, I think you're saying controversial because I gave you credit for the for the Jets. Even though you uh, accidentally picked the Bills to be favored by three, is that right? Right? Uh yeah, yeah. But but your intent was clearly for the Jets. Although in uh, in picking winners and losers last week, I beat you again. I went eight and five. You went seven and six. Yeah, uh, I went four and nine
2: in confidence. So even worse. You,
1: you were felled by the same Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, you're really uh, good. They've the really Dolphins been my Achilles
2: uh, heel this, this season. Yeah,
1: I think you need to pick a new Super Bowl winner. All right. Um, another Achilles heel of yours, I think, is uh, Dan Quinn. You have absolutely loved Dan Quinn all season.
2: No, I'm off and, Dan Quinn. I, Dan, uh, I, I would throw if my, if that was my team, I don't think I would watch this week because it just shows well, like, on, such a basic
1: they're on a, a buy fortunately
2: yeah so. that, well, that's exactly what i would do i would i would take a buy The I, it just shows such a basic like lack of understanding because there's no way you could justify kicking that field goal
1: it was a very strange decision because if it, only be- it, it, who, who cares if, if you fail
2: who cares exactly. if you fail you, you have the exactly. team pin down the two quarterbacks yeah. are so apt to make bad decisions oh it's just horrible
1: it was mike smithian
2: it's it was, funny because it they like it's the main reason Smith got fired is because he looks so clueless in in game management. Uh, and you know, Quinn, you've heard nothing but good things about him. And now it's like, oh, he's a fraud. He he knows nothing. Well, look,
1: they, when they were 6 and 0, we joked about the fact that they'd be favored in every remaining game except for at Carolina. I hope they lose and, every remaining game. Well, they, they have been favored Did in the Quinn, last few games.
2: You know what? If Quinn comes out this week and I haven't seen anything and says, I made a mistake. No, he didn't.
1: Well, then he's an idiot. He said, he, said, he, he said something about how he had confidence in his defense to stop them. But that makes no sense because if you have confidence in your defense to stop them, then you have confidence in your defense to stop them when they have the ball on the one-yard line after you pin them after you fail to score a touchdown, right?
2: Really one of the worst calls I've ever seen.
1: It makes no sense. And, and, and I think Bill Simmons said this. You, just, you don't see those. In, you, you see bad calls in 2015, but you don't see calls that are that bad. Yeah,
2: I think so. their win percentage went from 35% to 17 the second they kicked the field goal. Very odd.
1: Yeah. And then they never got the ball back. So so Dan Quinn, we have a, n- a number nine in our coaching rankings, but we made these when they were six and or six and one. So he might be on his way down. Um, as we said, Atlanta on a bye this week. So uh, so is San Francisco, who gets to celebrate that win in San Diego as well. And, and did you see Philip Rivers game comments last night?
2: Uh, no, I didn't.
1: He, I mean, he openly gave up on the season. He said, we have nothing left to play for but pride. But I have a lot wow. of pride. I'm going to keep trying. And what it about surprising. your eight children?
2: You don't have to you, why don't you play one game for each of them. <laughs> And, and t- also, I'm
1: the I'm the guy before this loss last night. Obviously, when they were two and six, I'm the guy who said, "Oh, they they're, they're going to finish eight and eight, and, and they'll be in the playoff uh, race still for a wild card." Uh, now, and of they, course, I've abandoned that. They're, you know, they're they're done now. So
2: now, let's are, are they? You know, is Mike McCoy maybe going to get fired?
1: Well, you know, we'll, we'll see how much pride they play for it. If uh, if they finish four and twelve, you know, I don't think he's coming back. If they get to seven and nine, I think he probably will. But uh, let, let's get to uh, uh, the i mean, third. Of, you know,
2: you go nine and seven twice. And then you go 6-10, and ten, it's tough to fire the coach. Yeah, if they go 3-30. and thir- Well,
1: they're and moving 40. to a new city, they might get new uniforms. I mean, There'll they'll be a whole new squad. Oh, yeah,
2: new especially. uniforms, you got to fire your coach if you're getting new uniforms. <laughs> I agree. Got to fire. Speaking of uniforms, by the way,
1: uh, having watched that Timberwolves uh, uh, Hawks game last night, the uh-huh. Atlanta Hawks with the, with the worst jerseys in professional
2: sports, right? Uh, they're pretty ugly. Everything about the Hawks. The Hawks are the Panthers of the NBA.
1: But, but I like the Hawks. I like their old school logo. You know, the Pac-Man with the Hawk in it. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. The, the, the logo is great, but the uniforms are just a disaster. All right, let's get to the third. As I said, there's three big 4 p.m. games today. Uh, and the third one is uh, Game of the Week. on uh, The Patriots go to their hated New York Giants. The undefeated Patriots, obviously, they're heavy favorites in New York. Um, and this is also the, uh, the number eight coach. So our, our next coach on our list, uh, Tom Coughlin. I was speaking to a uh, super fan, Robbie Weisenfeld, last night. And uh, we might bring him on at the end of this podcast, uh, depending on how our time is going. And we were talking about Tom Coughlin. And what I said is, first of all, guess how old Tom Coughlin is? Seventy. So yeah, he's 69. Uh, there's no other coach in the league within five years of him. Right, uh, and like
2: Belichick, I think, who's second.
1: Yeah, well, so Pete Carroll is 64. Belichick is 63. Carroll's the uh, youngest
2: 64 in the world,
1: though. Yeah, that really shocked me. But th- I mean, listen, he was the,
2: the, he was already, the Jets coach in 1994 already. So he's yeah. He's but
1: been those are blood. the only three coaches in the league above 60. Doesn't it surprise you that a guy like Jeff Fisher or Marvin Lewis is still in his 50s. Well,
2: Fisher was hired really young, but I am surprised yeah. he's not 60 years old. He's yeah, probably got to be 59 or
1: 58. He's he's 57. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, but um, yeah. So so you have who's five years older than any other coach in the league and obviously he looks it because especially in cold weather games his entire face turns you know frostbitten red and he looks like a disaster i mean he but looks I, so I, much I, older than all these other guys yeah you had him at number six so you still think he's an elite coach i had him at number 13 i, mean, I gave him respect. a lifetime
2: achievement award i think
1: well look obviously that's what the giants have done the giants are never going to fire him but in today's day and age where nfl coaches work 20 hours a day and sleep on the couch can i can i you're to say in
2: this economy
1: yeah, well, it, well, in this economy. Well, you know, and frankly, it's it's a it's a conversation about president as well. When we talk about, you know, they talked about it with John McCain in two thousand eight, and they've talked about it with Hillary Clinton. Are you being uh, a bit this here? Well, yeah, is it an ageist thing? But uh, I think that NFL head coaches get even less sleep. I'm, obviously, they have more pressure for the president, but I think the NFL head coach gets even less sleep than, than the president does.
2: What about Donald Trump? You think Donald Trump could be president? You didn't mention Hil- You only mentioned Hillary Clinton. How much <laughs> older is Trump? Yeah, but Trump doesn't care. So, Trump, right, I, Trump doesn't I, actually, I don't think you have to worry about Trump overworking yeah. himself in the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. If let's just pretend we lived in a hypothetical world where Donald Trump got elected president. And by the way, this is another Trump's topic. older
2: than Clinton, by the way. He's he's 1946 and Clinton's 47.
1: Well, here's another topic. Yeah, but he's he hasn't worked as hard in his life, I don't think. So, you know, he's got more energy there. He he's he's a young uh he's a young uh No, Trump, whatever. I mean,
2: I'm sure he's worked hard.
1: Yeah, uh, but I was just say let's pretend. You don't be hours Trump a day. Actually,
2: you film The Apprentice. It's a lot.
1: Yeah, let's pretend for a second that Donald Trump got elected president. I think yeah. I think he wouldn't accept it. I think he would just take like he would take the fact that he won to hold that over people. Like he doesn't. He he would never want to be
2: president. Right, that's a baller move because everyone gets to be president, and then if you're a horrible president. You become like a laughing stock like George W. Yeah. Bush. You, you what a like Trump baller Trump. move to hold it. Well, that's why, you know, like That's to, what Jesse Ventura should have done when he got elected governor of Minnesota. Right. That
1: that was like Trump. The thing about Jesse president. Ventura,
2: he he was like a hundred times crazier than Trump. Like Donald Trump is so much more normal than Jesse Ventura. Je- there's no Jesse Ventura we we actually we shouldn't even say this because he'll actually sue you.
1: Well, but the the difference is that getting elected the governor is very different than getting elected the oh, president.
2: Oh, of course. But I'm saying like yeah. Ventura has, but, has like but gone, Ventura
1: yeah. but Ventura's right move should have been the mic drop he should have said I gotta look to, okay I'm not gonna do a Ventura impression but he's got this very deep baritone with him yeah, Minnesota everyone, everyone accent knows in that.
2: everyone does a Ventura impression okay yeah.
1: yeah Um, he should have done you know I got elected to show that both parties are corrupt and no good and blah 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 but you know I'm going back to my farm or you know mic drop you know you you people yeah would have been lost to move
2: because who yeah, cares I, like what was he governor for one term I'm sure it went yeah, fine man. and then, like no, no one it, remembers it, who cares
1: it, it did not go so fine which is why he only went for one term it was, it was, it was kind of kind of a disaster but uh you know you get what you pay for when you elect a guy like jesse ventura so but uh back to tom coughlin so yeah you gave him the career achievement award so what superfan robbie weisenfeld said on our conversation last night is is he basically called coughlin the eli manning of nfl head coaches and that he said his highs are really high his lows are really low but but he can he can out coach anyone in the league and he can be outcoached by anyone in the league and what i just think is that being an NFL head coach is not just about the three hours on Sunday. It's about the 80 hours or 90 hours or 120 hours during the week. And I just don't know if a 69 year old guy can do that anymore.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe he's in the paterno slot. Like the offense has really, uh, you know, jumped a lot under what's his name, McAfee, since Kelvin Gilbride got fired. Uh, the defense clearly since, has Since been,
1: Otto Beckham Jr. started jumping all over the place.
2: Basically. Uh, the defense uh, has been a train wreck this season, most of the games. Um, I, you can be a coach. If you have good assistance, then you can be a 12 hour, you know, a spur. What the knock on Steve Spurrier, if you remember this, was when he got, he was one of the first guys to really come from a big time college job. And the knock was he wasn't a hard worker in college. He just, you know, he had good players and good recruiting. Yeah, but
1: in college, you can get away with that. You can't get away with that in the NFL, which is why Spurrier
2: failed. Right. So. I, I, To me, Coughlin's the type of guy who's such a hard worker. I I do think he can do it.
1: And this is a good segue, by the way, because l- last week we discussed. uh, You know, you brought up Kevin Sumlin, I think, and um, David Shaw. I think you said. Oh yeah, David um, Shaw was my uh, Yeah, one. as as uh, as potential NFL head coaches in the college ranks. Mm-hmm. And then a uh, super fan, Robbie, sent us a, a detailed email listing a number of guys there who he thought, you know, college guys who could, who could who could have a chance in the NFL. And he actually put together his uh, top five list. And again, maybe we'll uh, we'll get to that at the end of this podcast. But um. So we have the number eight coach in this matchup this week, and then of course on the other side we have the number one coach in the league. Uh, you know, Belichick's still the king, obviously. You know, he, he made a mistake at the end of the Super Bowl, but it, it did not come back to bite him. And in all respects, he's obviously the best coach in football. Best
2: I'm coach ever. Best coach ever.
1: In any sport or in football, you mean?
2: I, I, I think now looking back that they went eleven to five with Castle makes me believe that, like, because if in the in the tug of war of it's like Brady would be pulling the strings for Belichick versus Belichick pulling the strings for Brady. I, I think like Bel- Brady, you know, Belichick wins like 10-9 in the 12th round just because they went 11-5 and with Castle. Um, so I, I, I think that the best coach in the history of sports, I don't know. I'd have to really, like, I don't know, you know, maybe yeah, some it's, great It's, it's such a hard, it's... it's but yeah, it's really he's definitely be the hard. best coach, best coach of any sport in our lifetime and the best NFL coach ever.
1: Yeah, and you're a Spurs fan, so you get to see Pop.
2: Yeah, well, listen. He never took Duncan out for you know. Belichick never took Duncan out with five seconds to go against the Heat. Well, but I think what he did was worse at
1: the end of the Super Bowl. You know, letting all that time click off without calling a timeout. Uh, But you know, we we discussed that one of the preseason. All right. So the big question is, uh, can the Giants uh, end the undefeated season for the Pats? And remember, the Giants are the ones who ended the Broncos undefeated season. By the way, can I can I just
2: say one thing about the coaches? And it's been such an epidemic of the coaches not calling timeout. I think what happens is that the game, the, the coaches have so much to do. And the game gets away from them, right? And they're, they're, they're subbing in players they are calling the plays. And so when you're supposed to call timeout and you're thinking about it for three seconds, four seconds, five seconds, and you haven't made the decision, at a certain point you say, oh, I'm going to look like an idiot for wasting the eight seconds, so I'm just never going to call it. And they almost save face by by like cutting off their 32-second nose despite their eight-second face. Do you yeah. follow? I think that's what they do every single time, if you watch closely. It's just like, oh... I don't want the announcer saying, why did he wait, you know, leave 14 seconds him off the clock when the announcer is too dumb to call them? If I ever stop watching football, by the way, it won't be c- because of the concussions or because of domestic violence. It will 100 percent be because of the terrible announcing <laughs> and the awful coaching <laughs> decisions. No question. It's just
1: we, we have to be. Is
2: there the one point. decent announcer besides Michaels and Collinsworth and Burkhardt oh. is OK? Ian Eagle is oh. good. Oh, Gus Johnson doesn't announce Thank the him. NFL. He doesn't announce the NFL. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, but I'm saying I would like him to. Of and course, obviously, Johnson should do all. I like, I like Kevin Harlan Thursday, also. Sunday, and Monday Night football. Yeah. I like Kevin Harlan as well.
2: Yeah, no, Harlan uh, has a good voice. I, I, he, I don't know if he's like a tactical genius, but yeah, Harlan is. Well, Harlan, I, I, look, I'm loyal to him because I grew up. He was the Timberwolves. Radio yeah, he guy gets really into kid, the game. So, uh, I like, I yeah. do like Harlan. Iron Eagle's good. Uh, the problem is Dan Fouts is a like a blithering idiot. I, I, it's just shocking how bad. You know, what I want to do. I just the problem is that I have like no. Like I'm going to write another medium article like I did with Seinfeld. I want to. Like watch one Sunday or like during the week afterwards, every single telecast and just like tear it apart afterwards. It's a big undertaking. Yeah, I feel like I might
1: do it. Yeah, though. It's not enjoyable. But uh, so here's the big question. Uh, uh, can the Giants end the undefeated season for the Patriots? Yeah, I think they will. I, I just oh, feel wow. like they're
2: in their heads too much.
1: Wow. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have the Pats winning this one. I, I think that at Denver is, is, the, is the chance for the New England
2: loss. But, yeah, that's um, definitely uh, a possible loss also, but I, I just feel like the Giants are in the Patriots head so much. They, they're going to be able to move the ball on them. I, ju- I feel like they're going to throw the kitchen sink. This is like their, you know, even bigger than any divisional game right now. And to me, it's as interesting a game as you could have on the schedule. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, you know,
1: it's the same time as the Vikings Raiders. And again, the, the, we have three great games at 4 p.m. and nothing at 1 p.m. It's really a wasteland. Um, right, and and Usually
2: so that- like if you're a guy like me or you, you usually have your team play at one. But your team's yeah, playing at four, so it's and my team playing on Thursday. Yeah.
1: All right. So uh, let's get to one of those terrible one PM games. And this was the game that you were most off uh, in uh, guessing the spread. And this is the next coach on our list, number seven, Mike McCarthy, uh, and the Packers home against Detroit. You only had the Packers favored by seven on this game. On this one, I mean, this has got to be double digits
2: at least. Yeah, that was a mistake.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, the last time we saw the Lions, they lost by 35. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is coming home. They've lost two in a row. Uh I I think it's a conservative estimate that he's going to have 400 yards and 12 touchdowns in this game.
2: I mean, there's something wrong with them if he doesn't destroy the Lions, right? Yeah. Well, but,
1: but if if he doesn't destroy the Lions, we'll talk about that, you know, after the game. You actually mentioned that our, our – our And Packers
2: by the way, before we bury Aaron Rodgers' career, he has 19 touchdowns and three interceptions this season. He's okay. Yeah, and he's yeah, like and, you he's know, at least an average. Quarterback. He had a
1: bad game against the Broncos, but he had a good game at least you know down the stretch against the Pac- against the Carolina on Sunday until that late pick. Yeah, and uh, as you mentioned, uh, our, our Packers guest from the preseason sent you a DM the other day to make note of the fact that uh, he so far predicted all eight other games correctly in the preseason. He said they'd start six and zero. He said they'd lose the next two. So Packers, Do you have all those you know, picks.
2: Can we track that from that one?
1: Yeah, we, we we don't need to. Wor- the Packers don't need to worry too much. You know, if 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 they lose this one, which they're not going to, they'd have to worry. But um, either way, they're they're going into Minnesota, and the winner of that game, no matter what happens this week, the winner of that game is coming out in the lead of that division. So uh, you know, the Packers have a have an easy win this game, and then and then a big game next week. Um, next on the list on our coaches power rankings at number six is Sean Payton. Uh, Payton's a guy who I think is leaving New Orleans at the end of this year. I think, you know, uh, he's still a good coach, obviously.
2: You ne- I mean, if you're hiring Sean Payton next year or uh, you need a better defensive coordinator than Rob Ryan, you need a real defensive guru. And Payton, you know, he, he's basically at this point the Rex Ryan of offense, like he can deal with the defense. And I, I think Rex Ryan's overrated as a defensive mind, but that he can deal with the, the offense and and you're fine. You're great. But defense, he's just proven at this point. He's totally clueless. Like even the Super Bowl year, they had a bad defense that was just playmaking. And that's what you need when you have a team that scores 35 points a game. You just get a couple of interceptions and they can't match you point for point down the stretch. Like their defense, they have no talent and they have no scheme and they're embarrassing on defense.
1: Yeah. Um it's just they're such a hard team to break because they were so bad the first few weeks. And then they won three in a row. Although in hindsight, you know, they beat terrible Atlanta, uh, they beat terrible Indy, and, and, and then they have an easy game at home against Tennessee, and they lose, they blow it, uh, and so now they're going to Washington. I think New Orleans and Washington are fairly similar teams. You know, three and five, four and five. They're both in sort of that mediocre uh, level of the NFC. So I figured at home, Washington would be a favorite of about two and a half points. Instead, New Orleans is favored. Yeah. I mean, a, I, look, look. Washington looked bad this week, but they're playing the Patriots. New Orleans look bad. they were playing Tennessee.
2: Yeah, I think Washington uh, has some life in them still. So I, I agree. Washington right now should be considered a better team than the Saints. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking Washington to win this game. It's in Washington. Yeah. Yeah. So am I. Yeah, so I don't
1: understand why the Saints are favored in that game. That, that really doesn't make sense to me. Uh, but we're obviously picking the Packers to win, right? We didn't yeah, mention yeah, it, yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay, Um so now we have uh, our number five coach and our number four coach. And now we're really getting to the elite level of coaches. Uh, and they're playing each other on, on what's just going to be a massive, massive Sunday Night Football game. I'm really excited for this one. Seattle has really been disappointing all season. Um but, um, you know, here's their chance to, to get things right in the division. Um, we have Pete Carroll as the number four coach. And I'll note that, that uh, we have Bruce Aarons at number five. Uh, everybody else in the top seven – or excuse me, everyone else in the top eight has won a Super Bowl. Wow. Uh, Bruce – yeah. So it's, uh, you know, Belichick, Tomlin, Harbaugh, uh, Carroll, Peyton, McCarthy, Coughlin. Th- that's basically all the Super Bowl winners of the past dozen years. McCarthy, uh,
2: McCarthy should probably be 32nd right now.
1: Yeah, and and the, and the only guy in that list who doesn't have a Super Bowl ring is Bruce Arians, but you know, we saw what he did uh, when he replaced Patano in Indiana. Do, wait, was,
2: he doesn't have one until 3 months from now when he gets one. Yeah, so you did pick the Cardinals to
1: go to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, and the since preseason. the
2: Dolphins aren't going to be there, they're obviously going to win it. There's not even They're they're probably the second best team in the NFC right now after Carolina, right? No, they're better than Carolina.
1: Well, okay. I'm glad you said that because I actually, in my power rankings, I have them number three, and I have Carolina number four. Yeah,
2: they're better. But everybody
1: else is, is they're just more well
2: rounded. So- listen, you bet on the Panthers, and then in the NFC Championship game or in the set, the divisional playoffs, they're down seven, and you're waiting on Ted Ginn to try and catch a pass, Jericho Cotri's corpse to try and stretch and get a first down. You're going to be regretting it. Yeah. Also, you have just, a running quarterback who's more susceptible being, to being injured uh, I, as the season so, goes on. So who knows but, who, if Cam's even well, playing? But the, but, that's,
1: but, but the biggest thing about the Cardinals is Carson Palmer, because if he goes down, they're done.
2: Oh, obviously, the the, the Cardinals are as good. Who's backing up Palmer this year? Because clearly they had to make the situation a little better. Oh, no, they still have Drew Stanton. That's bad. That's not. Yeah, that's oh, not, didn't no he way. get hurt? Like, weren't they? And they have Matt Barkley. Yeah,
1: but I mean, I mean, Stan technically is number two in the depth chart. I don't know who would play, but you know, let's remember uh, last year he came in for the Cardinals and he wasn't terrible. It, you know, it, it was really it was really when Stan went down that things got you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, he was a, he was a game manager. I mean, he's terrible, but he's not he's he's not yeah, like.
1: But they're they're good the enough around him.
2: He can uh, in so, theory win a game, whereas Lindley couldn't win a game.
1: Yeah, so this is a really tough game to predict. I mean, Seattle's really been underwhelming a lot of this season. Which way are you going on this one? I'm giving Seattle a slight edge.
2: Yeah, I, I give the home team a little bit of it. I think Arizona's a little better, but I'm going to. Ha- Seattle is so desperate for this win. Wait, I
1: can we three. just point out if Seattle loses this game, they're not making the playoffs.
2: If Seattle loses this game, they're not good enough to make the playoffs, I think. It's in, yeah. in, just because so, it's so hard, like they could go 8 and 8 still, but I, I just think it's so. So the, in the my. The road is so. Tough.
1: In my latest update uh, of, of uh, playoff teams, in the NFC, mm-hmm. I, have, I have the Packers climbing back on top to 13 and 3. I have Carolina and Arizona. At two and three, each of them at twelve and four, but Carolina winning the tiebreaker. Uh, I have the Eagles winning that crappy division at nine and seven, um, and then I have Atlanta and the Vikings at ten and six in the wild card. So right now, I have Seattle out of the playoffs.
2: Well, you have Atlanta um, as the sixth seed.
1: Yeah, because I mean they're six and three.
2: I think they can. Eat I mean, up I'd rather th- see Seattle or St. Louis in that spot, but
1: I understand. Oh, I, I, I would. Seattle and St. Louis are better than Atlanta, but Atlanta's schedule's so easy. Again, they're going to be favored in every remaining game except for the Panthers game. Yeah so they they gotta scratch out four wins, right? I mean, who knows they keep losing, so we we'll, we'll we'll have to wait and see about that one but um yeah so we're we're both going to pick seattle but but it's really a must win for Seattle um because if they drop to under five hundred and and also you know St Louis could probably win this week and and then they would and they have the tiebreaker right now over Seattle having won, and so it's a divisional game, it's a big game for uh for the Seahawks okay. uh so that's five and four, and now we get back to our ugly one p m games and that includes the um the number three coach. In the NFL, John Harbaugh, uh, Baltimore, not looking like it this year, two and seven, uh, but they're hosting Jacksonville. And, um, you know, as we said, Baltimore's not dead yet. And and if they can, if, if they can get a win here, you know, hanging around, hanging around, who knows what happens at the end of the season, if eight and eight or nine and seven can crawl into Walmart. You AFC. know, the
2: same thing we thought about San Diego, if Baltimore gets off to a good start here, I agree. They, you know, they get, they get a win here and they will then uh, it, don't count them out. You, I won't count out the Ravens till they get their eighth loss. I'm not counting them out of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, Uh, I mean, Patriots fans are are very worried about them. If if they were somehow to sneak in as a six seed, and then they go on the road, and you know, uh, they like they beat Denver in the first round or something like that, and then they come to New England, uh, you know, all of a sudden in the AFC Championship game, and and Pat's fans would be very worried about an eight and eight Ravens team, uh, who would be ten and eight at that point, I guess. All right, Mm -hmm. uh, let's get to another uh, another terrible AFC uh, game: Cleveland uh, at Pittsburgh. Uh, I I don't know. Do we know yet if it's Johnny Football or Josh McCown playing?
2: Doesn't matter. We don't care. It truly doesn't matter. Even with Landry Jones? Doesn't matter. The Steelers are just so. I mean, at this point, they've shown they could just throw the ball to to Brown and he'll make plays. Like, you you don't barely need a quarter. They need a quarterback less than any team, even without, you know, Bell. I mean, they have a very competent running back in the Angelo Williams. Uh, You know, the Browns are are minus 70 already in point differential. Their defense has been been as bad as any defense in in the league. They've been very close
1: in a lot of games. They've they they got 250 points already. Yeah, but now it's Landry Jones, and, and D'Angelo Williams might be injured also, actually. Really? Uh, uh, you know, I, I think I think Pittsburgh's going to win, but I think it's going to be a really close game.
2: No, I don't think it's going to be close. Pittsburgh blows them out.
1: All right, and then uh, the the number one coach, of course, we already said is Belichick, so let's rip through. Uh, we got three more games here. We have in the last of the awful 1 p.m. games, Dallas at Tampa. Dallas has looked... They've stayed close and, and Matt Castle actually had a decent game last week against the Eagles, but ultimately they lost. Um, uh, and I, you know, this game doesn't really have any consequences. Uh, it, you know, maybe, maybe the, the winner has a chance to stick around for another week or two, but the loser season is definitely over. And I think Tampa, uh, puts Dallas out of its misery.
2: Yeah. This is, it's going to be tough for Dallas to outscore Tampa, who's really been putting up points. And then the question is, um, do they even bring back Romo then?
1: Yeah, if they're, I think if, they're, I two, think if they're two and eight.
2: I mean, if he's not healthy, don't bring him back. But if he's healthy, you're not going to not bring him out because you're bad. Don't bring him back because he's not healthy.
1: Yeah. Does their coach have a job next year?
2: He's done nothing other. He's done nothing wrong this year. I mean, I think he's done a really good coaching job. Cowboys. You know, they shouldn't be winning these games and they're almost winning them. Uh, yeah, I, I think you don't blow it up right now that you, you, you hope that you get another year of elite play out of their offensive line and out of like some of their defense, you get a n- solid play. To me, this team, they blew a goal. This is like the Jets in 1999, like after Elway retires, right? And they're the preseason favorite and and Testaverde uh, tears his ACL in the first quarter of the first game. Yeah. To me, it's if Roma doesn't go down right now, we're talking about them as, you know, they I'm not, they might only be like 6-2 and two or something. But we're talking about them as the most dangerous team in the NFC. For sure, the team the Patriots would fear most coming out of the NFC other than maybe Green Bay if they get it together. Like this was their year and they blew it. Yeah okay, all right. So let's move to
1: the Thursday editor now. Uh, the Bills at the Jets.
2: Really working backwards.
1: Another another big uh, divisional matchup here. Uh, the troll that Rex Ryan comes to comes to the Meadowlands, where he's sure to be booed. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, Rex Ryan, the troll, we had a voicemail question from uh, Harold Rosengarten, who was one of our preseason Jets fans. Let's take a listen. As a Jets fan, I always kind of liked when Rex Ryan would needle other teams by naming former players of other teams captains. But now that he's named IK, and I cannot pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to try, a captain against the Jets, somehow it feels a little different. Am I wrong in this, or am I just being too sensitive for my own team? All right, so Akiva, what do you think about that? Um, You're the Jets fan. Do you take offense to what uh, Rex did, or do you think, no, 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 you know? I
2: I think it's, like, a little funny, but I also think, like, you know, if, if his quarterback was Michael Vick, and you know Todd Bowles was a pitbull owner does that mean like Michael Vick now gets to be the no, that's, the guy who comes out no
1: because that's very different because Michael Vick committed a crime and went to jail ik did something he
2: could have he could have gone to jail every gino single team
1: every single team has tons of fights in the preseason
2: really when was the last time yeah, your the, team's the, quarterback missed the first 6 weeks the cowboys were the, the cowboys
1: broken. were celebrating that you know posting on twitter and vine des Bryant getting in fights with guys in the preseason yeah the only reason this one became a bigger story is because gino broke his jaw but that worked out to the Jets' benefits. so.
2: Yes, so maybe the Jets should make IK in a uh, captain. Yeah, Harold Harold
1: said to me yesterday, he said, you know, there's a lot of people taking umbrage about this on Twitter. And I said, Harold, the purpose of Twitter is for people
2: to say, there, there's yeah, nothing yeah. that somebody they, won't they, take umbrage this for. The backup name for Twitter was umbrage. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Harold also told me that he thinks the Bills are going to be the Jets by 30. The Jets are so banged up right now. They have shown for eight, nine, ten, ten years now that they can't do anything when Nick Mangold leaves the game. They never have a backup center who can make them, you know, look like a competent offensive line. And it's the wrong team to go up against. They're playing against a team that has a running quarterback, which they can't stop with their slow linebackers. And, and another thing they can't stop is pass-receiving running backs, and that's what the Bills have. So I think the Bills destroy the Jets, unfortunately, this week. Wow.
1: I don't think Rex... By the way,
2: how can, if people want to leave a voicemail like Harold, how can they do that?
1: Harold just sent, sent it to me on WhatsApp. But, you know, you can record yourself an audio on WhatsApp, on Twitter. We're both on Twitter, uh, Facebook.
2: Yeah, we will play it. If you write a voicemail, bet anything. We will play your voicemail.
1: Yeah, yes, you will.
2: All right. So do you think the Bills are going to win?
1: Yeah, I just – I don't think Rex Ryan is going to win at the Jets. I, I just I, – I can't imagine – the Jets players, 90% of them were Rex Ryan players also. I think they're fired up not because they hate him but because they you know they want to beat him. It's, it's it's a huge divisional matchup. I mean the loser of this game is in huge trouble making the playoffs. Well, the Jets
2: aren't in huge trouble if they lose. The Bills are in bigger trouble because they have the extra loss. Yeah.
1: Or one less win rather. Well, but no, because if the Jets lose, they still have to go to Buffalo later in the season,
2: right? Yeah, but every other than that and the Patriots, every other game they have is basically easy. I mean the, I guess the uh, – giants aren't so yeah i take it back they still have to play the giants the cowboys and the patriots so they yeah. do need to win this game
1: i I have, the, I have the bills winning this one and uh so let's wrap up with the last game of the week the monday nighter houston at cincinnati uh, another bill simmons special this is a terrible terrible game
2: although you know yeah but before the season this, wasn't yeah, this, a, this, a, this was yeah they seems to these seems to match up in the game. playoffs
1: you know a couple of times and, and houston came out on top both times you uh, you beat me uh, by half a point for the week in uh, in guessing the spreads because I guess thirteen on this when I was two points off and you guess nine and a half you're only one and a half points off eleven to me is too low nine and a half is certainly too low Ugh.
2: yeah uh, you could make a case for the spread being super high because the, we've because since he's really really
1: good yeah I mean he would still get some garbage points maybe. But, you know, Cleveland couldn't even match, in that match, match that, managed that in the second half uh, last week. And, you know, Cincinnati now will have, what, 11 days off to prepare for this one?
2: Yeah, I do think that, you know, Bill O'Brien's probably been polishing his resume this cool. week.
1: Tough times. So I'm glad we have three games on which we disagree. And that's good because that means that we're guaranteed to not have a tie in terms of guessing winners and losers. And just as a recap, those three games are the 4 p.m. matchups. I have the Vikings and Patriots winning on the road. You have the Raiders and Giants winning at home. And then, uh, on the. Th- yeah, what if there's a tie in one of those games? Then we could uh, Fine, tie. that's true. If we got a tie a and, tie, and yeah. then we split on our other teams. I lawyered Yeah, you, you did. Uh, and then we have Buffalo yeah. and the Jets.
2: Is that what you do all day? You just like say annoying things like, what if there's a tie? <laughs>
1: that, yeah, that that's, what, what, that's what being a lawyer is, exactly. All right, Akiva. So there you have it. Uh, our week 10 podcast in the books. We promised earlier in the podcast that we would have Superfan Robbie on to discuss the college coaches who deserve to, uh, replace one of these crappy NFL coaches. But tragedy st- struck the Weisenfeld family today as Robbie's uh, beloved pet Boston Terrier of 15 years had to be put down. You know the dog's so, name or no? No, but I know that it's 15 years old and it's a Boston Terrier. I feel like that's a lot of information.
2: That's that's enough. That's I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he wants to like, keep it out of the press. So maybe you shouldn't say that.
1: Uh, <laughs> But yeah, the, the name. So, um, you know, condolences to uh, to superfan Robbie and his whole family in, in these trying times. Uh, this dog is actually a twin. And, uh, the other dog just, they had to put down, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So it's, uh, it's a rough time. Over oh,
2: they there. went together at least. That's like an old married couple that, that goes yeah, at the same
1: time. I- yeah, I, th- I think I think that's the right way to look at it. So, uh, so you know, if uh, if uh, if the shiva period is over, we might have Robbie back next week to talk about uh, who's replacing some of these fired coaches, and maybe we'll have another fired coach uh, if we're lucky. But uh, a a big week ten starting Thursday night for your Jets, and then continuing uh, late Sunday afternoon for my Vikings. So I will talk to you later, Kiva, but probably not tomorrow on the Signpost Podcast. Apparently, no, yeah, definitely not. Okay, bye bye.